As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Today's episode of Hear That Podcast Growling is brought to you by Visa Network Working for Everyone. Welcome into the walkout, everybody. Paul Diener Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here on a day where the Bengals went to Vegas and beat the Raiders 32-13 to at Allegiant Stadium. And Jay... Should we just should we just play the one that we did on Thursday? Because we we've already done this before. I feel like we've already done this whole thing before about how you would feel. We did the fake walkout open after a win or after a loss. On both of them, you said that you lost in Vegas. Maybe you were smart enough and and didn't lose or at least broke even. How how did it go? Um. Well, I came out way ahead because of our good friends who bought me dinner Friday night and took me on the helicopter ride to the Grand Canyon. Um, I did not play any blackjack or anything like that. I just, I, I didn't want to get sucked into doing it for hours on end. I, I had, I went to Hoover Dam. I went to the hockey game Saturday night. I tried to do a lot, enough other things to keep me busy not to do that. I did walk around the casinos and it, I guess it shouldn't surprise me, but it was amateur hour. I mean, I'd sit there and watch a blackjack table and it, a, a person would have a 13 and the dealer would have a 10 and they're asking the other people to table if they should hit or not. And I was like, I'm not playing with these fools and I'm not wearing, <laughs> I'm not wearing a mask the entire time. Uh, cause that was required. You didn't have to have a mask to, they, they kind of wanted you to wear the mask walking around the casino, but they, they weren't militant about it but if you were sitting at a table gambling you had to have a mask on the entire time i was like i'll just i'll just walk around and people watch i'm not going to play blackjack jay this is you learning from our premonition walkouts that we did where both of them you claim that you lost and so you know what i'm gonna learn i gotta have you know what i gotta have a good game plan and you gotta stick with it know what you need to do to come out successful in vegas and stick with it don't get away from it kind of like the Cincinnati Bengals did against the Las Vegas Raiders. They came out knowing, knowing they would have to hand the ball to Joe Mixon a lot. They'd have to grind out a win and know that eventually 
the Hoover Dam would break. It's just it, the actual Hoover <laughs> Dam isn't going to break. I enjoyed the amount of dam references that we got in both that halftime on the video on on the TV feed and after the game. It just feels fitting. Everybody thought that our analogies we were going to use was going to all be gambling related. Oh no, no. No. Oh no, Hoover <laughs> Dam weekend. It was Hoover Dam weekend. The dam eventually broke and Joe Mixon went off. Yeah, I think Joe Burrow said the dam would break three times in his press conference. Zach said it once. Um it was fitting because it was it this had to have been a career high for Joe Mixon in terms of negative runs. It wasn't like he was just struggling to get anything. He he had, I don't know if you've added it up, but it had to have been six or seven yards that went for a loss or six or seven runs that went for a loss. And they stuck with it. They knew that they had to stick with it. And it did. It just eventually in the second half started started going and and really he could have had a lot more this this field here is really bad and he had a couple slips um where you know he said he left a lot of yards out there because of those and I think anybody watching the game knew that was the case as well he said he changed his cleats in the third quarter it was, the field was so bad that he changed his cleats and got longer studs and um all of that wearing the raiders down new cleats it was a pretty impressive performance. He finishes with 30 carries, ties his career high, 123 yards, really kind of put the team on his back. And, uh, you know, it's it's what they had to do. They were not going to move the ball a lot against this defense that kind of keeps everything underneath and has a great pass, pass rush. Joe Burrow got hit quite a bit in the first half. Um, if, if Mixon didn't get that, get things going in the second half, I think this is a, a completely different walkout right now. It, well, you know exactly what other type of walkout it is, Jay. To anybody that listens yes, on Thursday, it's the other one. <laughs> it's the other one. Instead, the Bengals are, as we talked about on Thursday, feeling great. That happy flight back from Vegas and how starkly different it is from the sad one. As anybody that's ever been out there knows, you're six and four now on a day where almost impossibly <laughs> the Ravens and Browns found ways to win uh, when it looked like Andy Dalton was going to bring even more sadness to the Ravens uh, <laughs> after throwing a ball, deep ball. Stop me if you've heard this one. It's fourth and long at midfield, and it looks like the game is over against the Ravens, and Andy Dalton hits a deep ball for a touchdown to break their hearts. Instead of it being like 2017, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Snoop Huntley somehow takes the Ravens back down the field to beat the Bears and Bears sadness and fire Matt Nagy reigns either way. And the Browns could have beaten one team on the sk- in the entire NFL today, and it's the Lions. They're lucky that they played the mm-hmm. Lions today and barely sneak out for a win 13 to 10. The Browns look like a mess despite the win. As you'll go over to the other side of our site at The Athletic and read everything you'll hear you, you know, from Zach Jackson or whoever, and that is a, a win in name only for the Browns. But the thing is, the Bengals are six and four. They have five of their next six coming at home. They have flaws. Those were evident today. The offensive line is just not going to be one that's going to be able to protect great against teams that can really bring it up front like the Raiders can with Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe and the, and the other guys they had up front. They were really banging Burrow around. But guess what? Watch this league. Anybody that walked, watched games during the bye week? Anybody that watched the the one o'clock games today and Sunday night on Sunday, this whole AFC is filled with teams with flaws. Every single team in the AFC is flawed. Bills lose again. Who's good? That now we're going to crown the Pats, right? Like the, the the now the Patriots are the best team in the AFC. We've crowned about every damn team in a league, and they've all come back and lost a bunch of games. But here are the Bengals, six and four. 
and currently in the playoffs and playing a bunch of games at home and kind of finding that momentum. Jay, we talked about it. This was a fulcrum game. This was a a a big crossroads game, and they're flying home with a massive win, and it feels like they regained the momentum that was lost over those two weeks in the bye. Yeah, and I mean, this you've been in these press conference rooms before. They're next to the locker room, and you can hear through the walls. This sounded different. This almost I, – I can't remember one of – our colleagues on the beat mentioned that to one of the players that it, it sounded like a playoff win in there. I mean, someone brought a boom box. I asked the Raiders, someone from the Raiders, I said, is there, is there a music system in there that for the visiting locker room? That doesn't make sense. And he said, no, there's nothing in there. Whatever they're playing right now, they brought on their own and they were, they were pumping the music. They were yelling and screaming and it was a lively celebration. And it is, it's huge. It's, you know, right now, before the Sunday night game finishes, they are the number six seed. If Pittsburgh loses tonight, they move up to number five. Um, every team in that top seven has had a blowout loss at some point. This is just, it's all, it's a cliche, but it is. It's all right in front of them. And um, you, you just, you you mentioned going and reading the the our site for the Cleveland stuff. Go read what they're writing about the Raiders. I mean, everything that they're writing there with a the three-game losing streak now five and five, that's what would have been the case had the Bengals lost this game. And it's just, I mean, their their fourth win on the road this year. This this team lost 15 straight road games when Zach started his career and now they've turned that around. It was just this was a very, very significant win. And it's again, you know, it all goes for not if they lose to Pittsburgh next week, but at least like you said, they've got that happy flight home, and it, it does feel like not maybe it could be a momentum builder, but more importantly, it was it was the skid stopper. That was the more important piece of this. T- tailspin was in play. Look, yeah, and, and let's let's talk about this. To me, I, I felt like the same way we talked about man, you feel like you're going to look back on this when we talked about the Jets game was. All of a sudden, it goes from 16-6 to 16-13 when Derek Carr decides the Raiders finally, I don't know what they were doing all game, decided to just open it up and throw it a little bit down the field, you know, because they should have been doing that all game and zip, 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 they're right down the field. And you're like, oh, 16-13, here we go. Are they? I'm about ready to look up the, uh, the and one stats on blowing multiple <laughs> double-digit leads in the, second ha- in the, the fourth quarter of games. Are they going to do it like they did against the Jets again? And what happened next, I think, is a drive that at the end of the season, we will look back as a massive turning point. It was a 12-play, 62-yard drive that took 6 minutes and 39 seconds. It utilized everything in their book. It had identity. It, It had purpose. And it ended with what a lot of the biggest moments of this season have ended with for the Bengals. Burrow to Chase in a massive red zone conversion for a touchdown that f- really put the the Raiders on their heels, and then you get an interception next, and the Bengals pile on. But really, this wasn't a 19-point game. This was a game that was decided in 12 plays and 62 yards in 6 minutes and 39 seconds. I, I think we'll look back on that drive at the end of the season if things end up with the Bengals playing deep into January or into the playoffs at all and say – that was a huge moment. Yeah, I'm kind of kicking myself. I wanted to ask Zach 
if because that that was a third and goal, the touchdown to Chase, and because we were debating it in the press box, do they go for it on fourth down if they don't get it? Because if you kick the field goal, a touchdown still beats you. So it, it it felt like they had two plays to get a touchdown there, and then they get it on on the first play on third and goal. So it was kind of a moot point, but it was that was you you it almost felt like it was a a here they go again moment because this place is it is electric it is loud and it, the, the crowd there's a lot of murmurs there were some boos um when they punted on fourth and short uh, a couple other times they they got booed off the field and it felt like this crowd finally got into it after they had that the touchdown to foster moreau and you're thinking oh this could be trouble and that was that was a defining drive to to not just go down and answer it but do it in the method they did by taking that much time off the clock and doing basically whatever they wanted on that drive all right let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, we, we I, I made a, 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 you know, sort of a bit of a soapbox on Thursday. I don't know if I should, but I did. It just, I felt like, you know what? This felt like a Zach Taylor game. And it felt like the skid, the bye week, a lot of people questioning the quarterback's interceptions and, and the identity of the offense. And, and, you know, we hear so much about the culture and, and this is a game that a culture game needs to win you by, you know, having guys on board on the road. I coach that, like you said, and he joked about, uh, you know, you may not remember losing 15 in a row on the road, but I do. And, uh, you know, they're, they're now five and two in their last seven away, away from home. And, and, and all of that hanging over in this massive turning point of the season, it's kind of one of those moments where a coach has to kind of, put you in the right spot and, and and figure out a game plan and go with it. And and that's a spot where I don't know if Zach Taylor of last year dedicates himself to the run there. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, I do think there's an evolution he's had as a play caller and as a head coach of understanding the big picture. Look, when you talk through this drive and I want to just kind of talk through it real quick. Think about the team of last year. Look, just put it on the quarterback. Let him wing it. Let Burrow wing it. Even if they can bring the rush, you got to throw. It felt like that was always the answer last year, no matter what. But here, you end up with, it starts out with quick game, a quick one to T. Higgins for nine yards. They pound Mixon for two and a first down. First and 10, yeah, they try, they try a shot to chase. That gets broken up on a nice play by the safety. 
but then a quick hit to Mike Thomas, who, who had stepped into the game briefly for 12 yards. So then they're on the 39, and then it's mix and right guard for one. Second and nine, everyone that hates a second and long run, don't be against it. Mixon breaks one off for 19. Then you get a burrow scramble for a few yards. They get they catch him and do the challenge flag to get the too many men on the field, uh, which which was a, ni- a nice catch on their part. And then they said, okay, let's go again. Mixon for four. And then they go heavy with Isaiah Prince in there, and he doesn't get any gain there. But they, they say, okay, whatever. We're going to do P. Ryan again. We're going to pound it for one yard and get the first down on third and one. Third and one where they just say, bang it in the, up the middle. What didn't they do early in the game? Be willing to just bang it up the middle when they tried to run the jet sweep to Jamar Chase and it blew up in their face. Learn from your mistakes. Sometimes you got to shove it up in there. They do it to Samaj P. Ryan of all people. And then doesn't stop. You know, you get an incomplete pass. Mixon goes up the middle for three. They didn't, they didn't, they were just going to try to get a little bit closer. Weren't afraid to still run it up there. And then you get the big play. Third and six, third and goal from the six. You know, they said that's, it's, it's a play they've had in their playbook for a while. They've run it before, but they knew this would be perfect against Tampa too. It's research during the week by Brian Callahan, Dan Pitcher, Zach Taylor into knowing exactly what on third down when they know you're throwing the Raiders like to do. They like to play Tampa too. And this is a Tampa two beater in the corner. Mixon runs his route underneath to hold the corner and take it up front. Jamar Chase floats in the back. Burrow with a dime perfectly placed right over top for a touchdown, essentially ball game. And to to finish with the red zone, which has been under fire a little bit the last few weeks, and to stick with the game plan, to not be afraid to run it, whether second and long or not, and, and knowing that's the way to take them down, it's just I thought that was a marvelous drive and just – a big old highlighter circle around that one in the big picture of the season. Yeah. The, the third, the touchdown, it was one of those where it seemed like it was in slow motion. You see it develop, you see Jamar chase open in the back corner of the end zone. You see the ball going for him and it's, it's in your head. Is he going to catch it? Is he going to drop it? (laughs) He, he, He caught it obviously, but that I think, they only had two third downs on that entire drive. And the other one you mentioned was, I think everyone's going to talk about the touchdown. That was really underrated. I, I thought that was a great call by Zach because the defenses know when P Ryan comes in, they're throwing it. And it was third and one because Mixon ran the, the play before they bring P Ryan in Mixon ran when they were in heavy, they bring P Ryan in the Raiders have to be thinking screen pass or some sort of pass there. And they they run it to P Ryan up the middle. I don't know if they've I don't know if P Ryan's had many third and one runs. And it wasn't like they got him. I mean, he barely got the first down, but he did get it. And it was kind of um uh I don't know if I would say par for the course. It was it was kind of the story of the game because it's not just red zone where they've struggled, it's third down where they struggled, and they were eight of sixteen today. They were really good on third down and the Raiders were not. The Raiders were one of seven. Not only were they the Raiders were bad on offense on third down, they were horrible on defense in not in giving up first downs. They had some killer penalties. They had two two fifteen yard penalties in the first half, or in the one in the first half, one in the second half that led to points. The, the first one extended a drive. The Bengals were going to have to punt. Um, they end up getting 
a uh, a roughing the passer call. The Bengals go down and get a field goal, and then they later they had a a 15 yard penalty on a third down, and the Bengals convert that into a touchdown. Uh, I, we we talked about it on the podcast that the Bengals lead the league in fewest penalties, fewest penalty yards, one for five yards today. Raiders seven for 77. There's there's the gambling reference, the jackpot. It didn't work in their favor. It killed them. The penalties killed them. The, the, the Bengals won in the red zone. They won on third down. They they won everywhere in this game. And you're right. That that drive is one that is is going to be revisited, I feel, um, when we get into December and January because they're going to need a lot more that look like that when the weather starts turning, these games get closer, and they're going to they're gonna ride Joe Mixon all the way to the end of the season. We've seen in recent years – some you know some teams have playoff runs that have flown in the face of the modern NFL. The Titans are a prime example of teams that have made runs that have had success in December and January with old school Smash Mouth. Even even the Patriots, but you know before when they were going up against the Chiefs, you know you would, they were battling the Chiefs by plowing it and running it and we it, we've seen postseason San Fran this year with San Francisco really mm-hmm. focusing on the run going all the way to the Super Bowl and almost unseating the Chiefs we, we've seen teams do this and, and and as much as and I am very much a modern NFL gotta throw it believer I, I do think there's something to the way you can catch these a lot of these defenses off guard that are built to stop the pass by shoving it down their throats and having guys that wear people down. Joe Mixon is that guy. I, I couldn't help it, Jay, as you were running around in the bowels of the stadium. Uh, I, I had to dive a little bit further into some splits for for Joe Mixon because we we've we heard them talk over and over again about and we've seen them do this you know I, I thought this was a, a reversion in so many ways to the team of the first seven weeks that was willing to run it that wasn't going to throw it too much and was going to kind of let their defense carry them their defense had let them down for a couple of weeks and this defense did not let them down today this defense played fantastic especially coming off the early turnover holding them to a field goal all of that was really a reversion to the type of team and the type of way they played early on in the year. Build a lead often with Burrow and Chase and excitement and a little defense that gets some big, some timely stops and finish teams with Joe Mixon. Here's the difference. Here's your splits. First half versus second half, Joe Mixon. This is out of 26 qualifying running backs that have enough carries, basically the horses in the NFL this year. Out of 26. In the first half, he averages 3.8 yards per rush, which is 22nd out of 26. In the second half of games, he averages 4.9 yards per rush, which is 7th, ranked 7th out of 26. EPA, expected points added on these run plays. In the first half of games, negative 16.6, which ranks 22nd. Similar stuff, negative 0.18, about even, which ranks 6th out of 26 running backs, uh, and they have utilized him that way. Volume numbers. First half carries for Joe Mixon, 70, which ranks 10th out of the 26. Total yards follows along, 253, which ranks 17th. Second half of games, 98 carries, which ranks second in the league. 475 yards, which ranks fourth in the league. The Bengals are true to form. It's how they want to play. It's how they like to play. You say a lot of things about running the football. 
And you can say a lot of things about Joe Mixon and the flaws in this running game. You mentioned all the negative runs, everything else. Something is like one thing is a constant. People really don't like tackling Joe Mixon late in games. He wears no. on you. He's big. He's physical. And he can juke you. And he's not afraid to just always lay that shoulder for that extra bit. That is the type of thing that does wear people down. And, and you saw the Bengals play really lean heavy into that strategy on Sunday. And it pay off for him. Yeah, I think it was Tyler Boyd. Yeah, it was Tyler Boyd. He had a great quote because he said, that the way Joe runs helps him as a blocker because when he's blocking out on the edge, sometimes those corners aren't as eager to get off the block because they would rather be blocked by Tyler Boyd <laughs> than have to stick their nose in there and, t- and try to tackle Joe Bur- or J- Joe Mixon. And there was that run where he just he he trucked Jamar Chase like Jamar got in his running yeah. lane and, and Joe ran him over from behind. And I don't know if you could see it on the TV, but. You know, the defensive guys are all sitting on the bench watching the game. They exploded off that bench. I, I, I almost I was almost thinking they would get a penalty because some of them came out on the field and they're doing the flex thing after Joe had that run. It it doesn't just wear down the the defense. It it fires up your own team. Everybody loves to see that. Everybody likes the the modern NFL throwing it all over the field. But when you can do that, when you can break a team's will and just impose your will. It, it, there's something to be said for that. And that's how you win games in December and in January. And it, it, well, the Bengals are going to get to December. They hope they get to January. And it's just, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I don't know if they're all going to be Joe Mixon games. There's some of these games they are going to have to, you know, win it with the passing game. But the fact that you can do both is, is such a luxury because there's a lot of teams that maybe are better. You talked about the flaws and the warts this team has. Some teams might have fewer, but they don't have that balance. They might be better overall in terms of consistently passing the ball, but but when you can win it one way or the other and you've got an emerging coach and play caller that kind of can can stick with a game plan, can adjust when need be, it just it all comes together perfectly. And when they do find themselves in a situation against a team that has an outstanding front four that can get home with just four against their very okay offensive line at best, they can turn to the running game. That's the They knew that would be the strategy they'd have to use today. They didn't want to be dropping back and trying to throw with Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe getting after them all day. They, 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 that's, that's not a winning strategy. It was not going to be a winning strategy for them. They knew they couldn't win that, that way. That would be them playing the other team's strengths. They were going to have to win by trying to wear down the Raiders with the run game. And and they're going to be a lot of games where that's going to have to be the strategy and they're going to have to de- to you know replicate this. And guess what? There'll be some some games where they'll face teams that like to blitz and let Burrow beat them on the blitz cuz he does that so well and some games where they don't have a front four that's as good can get home and you can kind of you can open it up and there will be days for that. But the fact they can go to this weapon and go out and put a team away like they did against the Raiders is a big deal for what they're going to be down the stretch and can sort of just chip away points thanks to Evan McPherson. And let's not discount this. Three field goals of 50-plus yards. He's now 6-7 of uh, from 50-plus this year. The only one 
the wind over the South Bank against Green Bay, as mm-hmm. we've referenced many times, just only miss. Imagine if he was seven of seven and how you'd feel about this team right now, too. Can we get a Horst Molman reference? Yes. It's, it's exciting to get Horst Molman involved here, the only kicker in Bengals history to have more than 350 plus field goals in a season. He had four in 1970. McPherson had three today. He's got six on the year. I, I, sometimes people yell and scream rightfully about drafting a kicker in the fifth round. Not this time. Darren Simmons stood on the table and said, this guy's going to win us games. Mm-hmm. He's winning them games. Maybe they should move the extra point back to 50 yards because he did miss an extra point today. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. He has this great game kicking field goals and he misses an extra point. But yes, huge, huge weapon. Tied an NFL record for three in one game. Um, it just everything worked for them today. And, and you mentioned we, we keep saying down the road, uh, the mixing thing. The next three games, they have elite edge rushers like what they saw today. You got TJ Watt, assuming he's healthy in the in, healthy in the Steelers next week, and then you got the Bosa brothers back to back the two weeks after that. They the the next three games could be mixing games just like today was. Um, it's we'll see what kind of game plan they they come up with, but after seeing what they saw today, it, it, it gives them a lot more confidence that yeah we we can win it this way if we need to. Bengals now with a third win this year by at least nineteen points. Um, you know, that's nice. A fourth win by at least 14. Only seven Bengals teams in history have more than that. Um, and the Bengals obviously with a few more opportunities to try to add to that total. Um, the most is seven in 1988, of course. The 81 Bengals had six. Uh, then you go through uh, the the 2012, 2013, 2015. They all did, they all those teams did it five times. Common thread. <laughs> Their best teams in history, playoffs, all yeah. those things. So uh, still a ways to go, but you know, piling it on at the end, not a bad deal. Flight back from Vegas, good for the Bengals, good for Jay, kept himself clean. Uh, I don't know how good that flight's going to be, but <laughs> it won't be miserable. I won't be like re- regretting my losses, but yeah, I'm not looking forward to the, the midnight to 6 a.m. flight did, to Detroit and then a did, layover in Detroit. Did anybody find you? Did anybody find you at the Jackets uh, Knights game? Yes and no. Uh, nobody tweeted me to find me. I, I at, Between the first and second period, I went down. Uh, I, I upgraded my seat. I, I got on Twitter to see if anybody had messaged me. In the in the first period, there was a couple of guys. They showed up right at when the, they do the whole show beforehand. And they were from Toronto, and they were young, and they were drunk. And they were kind of fun, but they were kind of annoying. So I was talking to them and, you know, the question comes up, you know, where are you from? What are you doing here? And I told him, you know, I cover the Bengals for the athletic. And there was a guy sitting in front of me in a Columbus Blue Jackets uh, sweater. And he turns around. He's like, are you Jay Morrison from the athletic? And I was like, yes. He's like, I love your stuff. He's like, I love the athletic. So that was kind of he found me by accident because he overheard me talking to the guys next to me. But nobody tweeted me and said, hey, come have a beer. Ah. I mean, look, let's not act like you didn't make out well. Uh, thanks to our good good Shoot. listeners and friends. Can I just get a can I get a quick summation of the helicopter ride and everything else with our good friend Paul Malloy? Yeah, it was amazing. Um they we went over the Hoover Dam. Um 
the one thing those guys being from Europe, I don't think appreciate it as much as me when you fly over that rough terrain, not just the Grand Canyon, like the desert to get to the Grand Canyon. It just makes you appreciate, uh, you know, history class when you're a kid growing up and the, 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 the people that settled the West, what, what they had to go through to, to go out there. And then they, they, play music you've got headphones on they, the microphones are disabled so you're not allowed to do any talking the the, the the pilot talks to you and then you just listen but they they had a, a playlist and it was classic rock and it was oh. it was great it was just it, it was, it was right perfect so as we're coming in to the grand canyon because we landed in the grand canyon and then you were able to take pictures and do stuff there we had like a little picnic lunch there um as we're coming in, they're playing the Jurassic Park theme. And then as we're landing, they're playing Top Gun. And it was just, I don't know. It was just everything about it was perfect. It was, it was, I, I, I want to thank those guys again. I've told them a million times, thank you in text and in person. But it was, it was a really special experience. And for them to treat me to that was, it, it was humbling. I, I really, really do appreciate it. You guys are the best, all all our listeners, and we're not saying that all of you have to give us helicopter rides, but you know if you want to, like you know that's that's really cool. But seriously, even even without <laughs> that stuff, you guys are the best. Love everybody that listens. Hope everybody enjoyed this. And if you're on a flight back from Vegas, you went to the game. Hope you enjoyed a, a a pretty awesome road trip. It's nice that the NFL has moved itself to Vegas for everybody to uh, to to enjoy and uh, enjoy weekends like this and and games like this. It's a, a fun experience in a, a hell of a new stadium and everything else and. Now, Jay, some weekends we can actually spend, you can spend with your family, you know, and like actually stay at home and and things like that. Five of the next six at Paul Brown Mm -hmm. Stadium. We'll see. We'll be keeping an eye out this week to see if we get some flexing of Chargers Bengals here in a few weeks. We'll know that by November 20. They have to say that by Tuesday. So um, Tuesday at four, I think. Yeah. Tuesday at four, they have to acknowledge whether they're going to flex that game. Certainly with the Bengals now a little bit more forefront. It might actually depend on what happens on Sunday night here between the Steelers and Chargers. Uh, if that game, if the Chargers beat the Steelers tonight, I think uh, you would certainly think that signs might be pointing towards that happening. So keep an eye out for that this week. We of course will have the podcast back for you on Tuesday, and uh, with plenty more to break down uh, from this game and. Uh, uh, a win for the Bengals, 32-13 to 13 against the Raiders in Vegas. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Jay, enjoy uh, your evening in the friendly skies, and uh, we'll, see, we'll see you back on the flip side here in the Eastern time zone. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>